0: This is Soundmaking, a podcast made by Hogan Stenner and myself, Matthew Shlomovitz. Each episode of Soundmaking features a composer or performer discussing the how and why of music they've created. For this episode of Soundmaking, I spoke with Juron Deutsch. We chatted about his recording of Steve Reich's Electric Counterpoint. This recording is the first track on an album that Yaron released in 2020 called 33 RPM. At the end of this podcast, you'll hear the first movement of Electric Counterpoint. In my chat with Yaron, we discussed the instruments and equipment that he used, the way he recorded it in the studio, and what he had in mind as he went about creating this distinctive interpretation of a modern classic.
1: My name is Yaron Deutsch. I was born in Tel Aviv and grew up in uh, what we call these satellite sleeping towns around it. Uh, currently, I'm living uh, for actually 10 years almost in the north of Israel, small village, not far from the city of Haifa. Uh, let's call it countryside, uh, atmosphere, a good place to prepare lots of music. I would say I'm a 21st century musician. I play guitar. I'm not bounding myself to a specific uh, genre or style, Uh, although I'm mostly known for my work in contemporary classical music or experimental music and the avant-garde. But I feel uh, at home uh, with Lizzo and Billie Eilish no less than a Brahms symphony or Lachenmann's uh, repertoire, so... So we are going to listen to the first movement uh, of Steve Reich's Electric Counterpoint, a piece he wrote for electric guitar and pre-recorded guitars in 1987. This Reich piece is the opener of my new album, 33 RPM. It's an album with four works, uh, all of them for electric guitar, but two of them are canonic works, the Reich piece and another one by Tristan Murai, and they are Confronted or Standing Side uh, pieces by Marco Momi and Clemens Godenstetter. In a limited edition, the album came out on vinyl, and the vinyl really allowed me this ability to present a a canonic work and next to it a new one these works are the reich and mommy which are associated with the soloist next to electronics or a pre-recorded tape while the other side the tristan murai and the gardenstetter are more stripped down very live uh, uh, in your face atmosphere uh, uh, just playing the electric instrument straight to the amp and play the music So the piece is uh, part of a series that Steve Reich wrote where uh, instead of having these kind of old format uh, concertos of a soloist with an orchestra, what he did is uh, a soloist with an orchestra of the same instrument and not only the same instrument, Uh, The instrumentalist himself or herself are recording uh, all uh, the parts. And uh, in this specific piece, we speak about a solo uh, guitar with 14 pre-recorded guitars. So two of those 14 are basses, electric basses, and the other 12 are electric guitars. But uh, in my version, which we might maybe talk about later, uh, I I created a kind of uh, assemblage of uh, diverse uh, sound sources. The piece was recorded in a studio in Tel Aviv. Um, I recall consciously wanting to record all electric uh, guitars. There are electric guitars and electric basses directly to the console to have this kind of a console, uh, direct console recording sound. And uh, uh, in opposition, the acoustic guitars, there are nylon string guitars, there are steel string guitars. They were recorded close mic, uh, with close micing. And the balance I tried to find between all was, uh, I remember using a GNL and l electric guitar. That's my main uh, instrument. It, I chose an Ovation Fiberglass uh, steel string guitar. Again, not only to use an acoustic that is wooden in the sound, but I find a color that is coming from that Fiberglass uh, material, therefore the Ovation. The nylon string guitar was a Ramirez uh, guitar. I would say from classical perspective, maybe not the highest quality, of a very known builder, but of a good high uh, quality in terms of nylon uh, uh, instruments. And again, the bass was uh, quite basic from Washburn. Uh, To the the console, of course, everything went through my gear, which I'm using these 80s tube uh, preamplifiers from ADA, Then uh, going into a TC Electronics uh, effect uh, system, which is uh, also many years in my rig. Actually, everything is 20, 25 years in the rig. And from there, going to a Marshall power amp. And instead of what I normally do, that this sound goes to Mesa Boogie cabinets, here it just went into the console and we just balanced them. Electric Counterpoint by Steve Reich became quite fast, a canonic work, uh, very known, uh, uh, not only because of Steve Reich, but because it was written for Pat Metheny. And uh, Pat Metheny in his prime uh, success uh, in the late 80s, the piece is from 1987. So immediately the, the the resonance of the work was very strong and afterwards recorded many times, but by different guitar players. And uh, naturally came the question, why does the world need one more recording? And uh, for that, the answers are many, but mostly, and sorry for the cliche, I really felt I had something to say with it and probably also... as I'm so familiar with a certain aesthetics and so many recordings, I thought it would be interesting for uh, the public or listeners is a better word uh, to hear what will be my interpretation for such a canonic work, because mostly you're doing so much new repertoire and this work might give me and the listeners a chance to hear how I am addressing works that were already uh, uh, baked quite for a long time in the oven. When addressing such a canonic work, and uh, it's very easy to say I have something I feel I want to say with this work that uh, might be new, still there is a pragmatics, there are musical facts uh, that have to be behind these words. And what I was aiming for in this work is to use my chamber music experience and make extreme focus on the potential that these 14 or 15 can- canons of music are happening uh, during the performance. And I will give some examples. Uh, y- one can create a continuous difference different musical lines by choosing specific guitars to specific lines for example if i take voice number two and associate it with a nylon string guitar and voice number seven will record with nylon the same nylon string guitar with the same articulation i might be able to portray a new map of melody within the piece because now guitars two and seven are differentiated by color the same i applied for guitar number four and guitar number seven six to use steel string guitars and guitars number one, three and nine with an electric guitar so you can imagine that before recording i made a, a complete musical map of what kind of lines and trajectories i want to maintain in this piece and what kind of colors it is as if if you would take wham's careless whisper and decide no instead of saxophone i'm going to put here a clarinet or tanita Tikaram's uh, twisting my sobriety no no oboe who wants an oboe i'm going to put a mandolin It can be a Brahms uh, Second Symphony horn solo, it will suddenly be played by a violin. These kind of uh, 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 works uh, that you are addressing something uh, uh, that is already familiar are incredible playground to create a refreshing overview on things. So I'm not speaking, doing something that radical as changing Brahms's horn solo, but we are still in the world of guitars. So imagine these fiberglass uh, steel string guitars going with nylon string guitars, and then electric guitar uh, with different methods of recording direct to the console, some close mic. Uh, and what I really remember very well is that with all due respect to Pat Matheny, one can really hear the post-production in that work uh, uh, because we speak about the jazz uh, rock uh, guitarist and all the aspects of dynamic, uh, musical articulation that is so being taken care of, let's say in a a, a string quartet. What is the direction of the bow? What will be the the, uh, quality of uh, a certain uh, execution? All these things I felt that were a little bit... uh, post-produced in that notable first recording. And I really wanted to make the dynamics all uh, acoustically, no volume pedals, no post-production automations, etc., etc. But still, I wanted to keep the driving force of the rhythm so one can associate that only to the acoustic guitars, as you could hear later. So you can really make a, 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 an almost fully orchestral concept of composition to be applied on this solo piece for one instrument and pre-recorded tracks. The post-production part was uh, given to my longtime partner, Stefano Bacchini, Italian technician and already a good friend, as we did so many projects together. And I I want to credit him a lot for for, uh, being such a great partner in bringing this analog warm sound that we were aiming for. So if I remember vividly how I always tweaked my guitar tone knobs, not letting them be too open, filtering them out just because I wanted to... uh, a counterpoint, that bright, sparkling uh, uh, steel string guitar. I also feel that Stefano, in his post-production, gave these beautiful, rounded, warm reverbs and compressors and just very, very uh, elegantly adding a touch and a smooth for this analog warmth that one can experience in the 33 RPM album.
0: Let's now listen to Jeroen Deutsch's recording of the first movement of Electric Counterpoint by Steve Reich.